As I said, welcome to us all. This morning, uh, it will be good for us just to recap where, uh, what we've been doing the last, since we opened up last year uh, in August 2021, um, and then continue uh, with the time that we have left. Um, and so we started off uh, reading and working through the book of Philippians uh, on the 1st of August last year. And we, this is Paul writing to the Philippian church, and um, he was in prison when he wrote this uh, epistle, and this encouragement to the church. Now, as I've said earlier, um, when we read and see his heart in the, his writing, the encouragement to the church, it blows my mind, because he's in prison, encouraging the church. It's... Generally, the other way around. The church should be encouraging him whilst he's in prison. But there he is in prison encouraging the church. And I don't know whether I would, I would be like that if I'm in prison because of the church. <laughs> he was arrested whilst was going to encourage churches around the Mediterranean coastline. Um, and his heart is just incredible. He's in prison. And you know prison as we see today. I don't know how it was back then, but I'm sure it was bad. There he is encouraging the church. God help us to have that kind of heart, that kind of attitude um, as believers, as his sons and daughters. And so we, we've learned a few things from Paul's writing. The first that is that gratitude should be a main part of our prayers. Gratitude should be a main part of our prayers. Often our prayers are, Lord, won't you please do this, do that, help there, do, 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 do. But Paul teaches us in this, in, in, in this book that actually, let's forget about God, do, 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 do. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for what you're going to do. And out of the prayerfulness, out of the thankfulness, um, then all these other things uh, come, 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 to, come to light. So Lord, I need help here. But thank you that you helped me there already. Thank you, Lord, that you did that yesterday or the day before or, or, or thank you, thank you. And I move on to, Lord, I need you more. I've seen what you can do. I've seen what you've done. But I need you again, Lord, to do what only you can do. That's an attitude that us as believers need to um, ask God to help us. Because I know myself, when there's issues or whatever, when I'm, it's time of prayer, or my, my thing, my list comes out and, Lord, please... Let's do that one. Help me do this, do that. And so Paul teaches us that we are to actually be grateful for the life that we have experienced up until now. We also learned from, from Paul that um, he says in verse 6 of Philippians 1 that salvation is initiated by God. It is not by us, not um, by own doing, not by preachers or fellow brothers and sisters speaking the truth to people. No, no. Salvation is initiated by God. It is continued by God and it is brought to completion, to an end by God. So once you are saved, um, yes, there's a part that you will also say that we need to work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling. And um, I would say to work out our salvation in fear and trembling because God is busy at work in us. Not because he's going to shambok us, because he's busy at work with us or in us. He starts it, he sustains it, and he will bring it to the end. So your salvation, it was him. The fact that you're carrying on here, where you are, it's because of him. 
And when your the day comes to an end in your life on this earth, it was it is because of him. He, when he closes that door, it will be because of him, because your assignment is done. You've done what you needed to do on this earth and why he called you. And so that's a confidence that we have to hold. Uh, that gave me, gives me such confidence that the people that I'm praying for, my friends, uh, family who are not saved, we are called to continually pray for them. But when God saves them, it's him who sustains them. It's not us. Yes, we continue praying. We work out our Christian uh, lives. We help where we can. We challenge where we can. We encourage where we can. But actually, it's God in it all who's doing it. And that's exciting for me because, you know, if I'm praying, you're not getting saved. Dad, you're not getting saved. Maybe I'm not praying right. But actually, God says he's on who woos people unto himself. He draws, whilst we're still sinners, he sent his son to die for us. So it's him. It's not us. We just play a part in it. And that takes the, the burden off of our shoulders. Uh, we're not to stop. We continue. Uh, and Paul, also in, the, in that uh, verse, uh, says, He is confident that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. Now Paul, in prison, writing to the Philippians church, encouraging them that don't, don't worry, those that you're praying for, those you who are saved, if God began a work in you, he will bring it to completion. You don't have to stress about it. Yes, you play a part and you do what you need to do, but it's him by his grace and by his mercy. And then the question was, how can Paul be so confident in prison? How? And the answer was, because God does not start something and then just abandon it. He doesn't start something, he does not finish. In fact, God starts, uh, finishes something and then he starts it. God, start, God finishes something and then he starts it. So in our mind, he starts it, but it's finished. The end is already written. It's done. But in our, in our uh, t- time frame that he's given us on earth, it, there's a start and there's an end. But he's been to the end already. So that which he starts here for us, he's already accomplished it. Isn't that incredible? It doesn't just give you confidence that I can walk this life. As hard as it might be, I can still walk this life um, uh, unto glory and give him glory. We also learn that the gospel is defended with our lips. So we, we defend the gospel with our lips. We preach the gospel with our lips. But it is confirmed with our lives. Remember that whole old cliche? Practice what you preach. How often unbelievers will say, I don't trust those Christians because they speak this way, they do, they act this way. Uh, practice what you preach. Actually, we, um, we, are to, we defend the gospel, we speak the gospel, we preach the gospel with our lips, lip service, but then we confirm it with our lives. So, are your lives confirming what you are preaching? Does your life um, um, encourage what you're, does it support what, you, what you're preaching? Uh, Paul encourages us in that prayer. And then we, we ended up in, in uh, verse 11 of chapter 1, where we actually realized we need God's help. To live this Christian life on this earth, we need God's help. To live this Christian life and be Christians on this, in this country, we need God's help. To be a Christian while you're on the road, you need God's help. To raise kids, you need God's help. To interact with people, work, family, we need God's help. And so when we got to chapter 11, 
no, sorry, verse 11, chapter 1, uh, it, ha- it highlighted the necessity for us to just break and then uh, look at that scripture. So verse uh, 11 of uh, Philippians chapter 1 says, Being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So we want to understand what these fruit of righteousness uh, are, is, and uh, we want to live according to that, to bring Him glory, to bring Him praise. So then the question was, uh, well, the, the statement was, Jesus fills us with the fruits. And the question was, why? What the answers in, in that same um, passage of Scripture, for God the Father's glory and praise. So the fruits that we uh, live and in, 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 uh, ooze out of our lives is actually not for us. It's for God the Father's glory. And it's not us who generates them. It's not us who makes them happen. No, no, it's Jesus. As per the scripture who gives it to us for God the Father's praise and glory. It takes it away uh, from us, isn't it? Uh, you know, the pride. I've done it. I'm, I'm this. Uh, that kills it. Actually, no, you're not. It's Jesus in you. For God the Father's glory. Um, which is quite a statement. Because life is about what have I achieved? What can I achieve? What have I done? What can I do? I've done A, B, C, D, so respect me. I am this and then I'm that. Uh, Jesus says, actually, no, you, none of that stuff. I've given you the ability to do those things. Uh, it's me who's, who's given you that. Why? For God the Father's praise and glory. So, so let, let's move on. Almost move away from those fruits and think of your lives. Think of the talents and gifting that God has given you, the abilities that he's given you. Why has he given you those abilities? It's not that you may boast that you're the best at this and at that. No, no, it's for God as a father. Praise and glory. Because then it takes that away from you. It's not you. It's him who's given you for God the father's praise and glory. And that, that shift is a hard one. Because human uh, nature, the carnal nature in me just says, oh, it's me. I am it. I am so good at whatever. The world teaches us we need to be better at whatever, whatever. Actually, the world is wrong. We need, yes, we can improve those things, but actually you can't. You can work at it. You can try, but you can't. You can't do anything more than asking God to help you. So how do you improve your ability? God, help me to improve my ability. Why? Not so that I can be boastful, but so I can give you praise and glory to God. And um, the, the word righteousness in, translated in the Greek means um, um, standing right before both man and God. Righteousness, standing right before both man and God. I'll often hear that um, I am right with God. I am righteous before God. But your relationship with each other is not right. You're not standing right before. So you, actually, there's, a, there's something that's missing. This righteousness that we're speaking about, it, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a package deal. It's not a either or. I've got to be standing right before each other, before us here on earth, and then with God. That's how you achieve righteousness. But you can't do that by yourself. You can't. It's impossible because we have pride. We have our abilities. We are prejudiced. Uh, there's racism. There is 
classism. There's all sorts of things that the enemy comes and, and plants in our, in, our, in our lives. Actually, we need the Holy Spirit to help us to stand right before man and stand right before God. Um, and that takes a work. But again, as we surrender, like we sang that song, God will help us. In John, book of 1 John, I think it is, it speaks about uh, how can you say you love the one that you do not see? God. But you hate your brothers and sisters, those that you do see. Ah, I can't say I love God, I'm holy and all the rest, but I hate you. And my expressions to you is of hate and, and, and uh, I, don't look to, I don't look out for you. I'm forever trying to put you down. Uh, John, uh, the book of 1 John challenges us and says, you can't, do, you, can't. you can't say you love God, but you hate your brother or sister. Actually, you need to love your brother and sister. Remember the cross? It's that with us towards God and towards each other. Relationship, relationship, relationship. So we learned, uh, we, then we looked at the, the, we turned to the book of Galatians to understand these fruits. Uh, Galatians 5 verse uh, 22. We, uh, it says that, um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. We did the first one, love. We, we understood that the badge of Christian discipleship or love is not witnessing. It's not us going to spread the gospel. It's not us as Christians manifesting the gifts God has given to us. Um, but it's a production of divine love. Divine love because it's a love that we cannot manufacture. It's, not, it's a love that we cannot give out of our, our own ability. It's not a husband and wife love. It's not a mother-child love, father-child love. It's a divine love. It's a love that you love those who are actually unlovable in um, inverted commas. The one who's jabbing and, and you love that person. The one who stinks and all, and all that you love that person. That is divine love. It's not a love that we can say it comes out of our own self. It can only be generated by God through His Holy Spirit. Then we learned that the second fruit was joy. And what we understood there is um, how do you remain joyful? Because joy is not uh, dependent on uh, circumstances, a death of uh, a family member, a friend. That will take away your joy. That, you know, you, get, you lose your job or there's turmoil or there's all sorts of things. That stuff takes away your um, the, 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 the joy. But it's actually more happiness. Joy is, um, true joy comes from Christ himself through the Holy Spirit. Happiness is circumstantially based. Joy is a permanent thing when we are yielding to the Holy Spirit. So whatever happens, whether there are waves and storms and all sorts of things, you still remain joyful. Why? Because Jesus Christ lives and works through you, through his Holy Spirit. That's what we learn with the second um, fruit of the Spirit, joy. Then today we'll learn about the third one, which is peace. Peace, or how much we need peace. How much we need peace in, in uh, 2022. 
as we live this life, as God has uh, granted us the, the, the privilege of uh, life, we need peace. So it says, um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, which we covered, joy and peace. Now, I looked up the uh, meaning of peace in the dictionary, and, it, and I like this uh, um, meaning. It says, freedom from disturbance. And it made me think of the old uh, the omis and the tannies and you know the, the opas and omas sitting on the stoop there. It's peaceful. You know the birds are chirping. The it's peaceful. There's no there's no there's no um, disturbance. But let's let's understand it from a spiritual perspective, if we may. So this peace is a sense of tranquility. It's a it's a sense of just. Peace, it's a sense of ease, it's a sense of no disturbance in our, in our lives. And a person who lives in the Spirit's peace is free from anxiety and turmoil. It's free from anxiety and turmoil. Um, this person or this believer is free from inner trouble. And he or she can sit down on the inside, because he or she knows God. So what's happening? You, there's trouble, there's uh, reshuffling in, in our companies, there's, the country is going this and that. I know there's peace in our heart. Why? Because we know God. We know that uh, Acts um, 17, 26 uh, says that he determined the places we are to be born, live, and um, function. It's him. So the fact that you're born in, and you're living in this time, Corona, Pre, current, post, God decided that. You could have been born in the Spanish flu days or those plagues in the Old Testament and all, but He decided that you are to be born and live in this day for His plan and purpose. And when you realize that, which you can only realize that because of the Holy Spirit, um, it gives you peace. You're able to just handle life as life throws things at you. Sickness. Um, will be will always try to come at you and how, how do you handle that? Are you peaceful? Are you, uh, do you have turmoil? Do you then ask oh God, how, 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 why, why me? Look, I serve you and I do A, B, C, D, but why me? Uh, then I'd ask you, well, actually, why not you? Why not you? You don't have to answer that, but it's a hard question. Why not you? Um, this person who has this piece that I'm talking about may face exceedingly great and difficult or great difficulty, but he or she has a sense of peace through it all. Man, uh, I've, I've met people like that who are, there's just things are, in my worldly understanding, things are everywhere. It's a mess, but they're just chilled. Life is just happening. There's no problems. Yes, we, we face reality because, I mean, um, I ask people will say, uh, well, there's a there's a difference between um, self denial and facing reality. And yes, we need to face reality. Things are falling apart in our understanding. But actually, God is still uh, there's peace in my heart. Why? Because God lives in me. God knows me. God knows. Uh, I know His uh, sovereign will will take place in my life. Uh, looking at um, going back to Philippians uh, one verse six, He who began a good work in us. We'll continue it until he brings it to completion. That's the, 
That's the um, confidence that we have. That's the confidence that Paul had. He could go through all the things that he went through. Shipwrecked, um, bitten by snakes and all sorts of flogged and all sorts of things. But he had peace. He had love. He had joy. That could not be a thing that he generated. When you are sworn at, what happens in your heart? The first thing that happens, you want to... And this is just me. I want to attack back. I want to swear you back. I want to get my whatever. <laughs> I want to fight. But that is human nature. But for a man who has peace, who has the Holy Spirit working in them, that love, you swear me, I love you back. I love you back. There's a joy. It doesn't matter. There's peace in my life. Um, you are labeled with sickness. Uh, there's peace in your life. There's love, there's joy, there's an understanding that actually you don't understand everything, but that's okay. Because you know the one who does, and his name is Jesus Christ. Um, this peace of mind rests in our heart because we know God's will. We don't necessarily always know God's will, but we know that God is, God is uh, busy at work in our lives. And because of that, we can have confidence that he will work everything out for our good, for his praise, and for his glory. Which is um, a confidence that we all need to have. We all need to get to. It's a piece where, uh, whereby one knows that he is reconciled to God and that God sovereignly cares for his soul. Um, there's the, the previous... Um, church that we were part of, uh, Marcus, uh, would always say, what's the worst thing that could happen to us? What's the worst thing that could happen to you? And he would say, you can die. <laughs> but actually, that's the best thing that could happen to you. For you who knows God, you're reconciled. You, when you die, are immediately with Christ and away from the world. Um, it's again, Paul in Philippians says that, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. Therefore, we are to live our lives. Whilst we are, we live, we live it for Christ. Paul also says that actually, I wish I could go to Christ. I wish I could die. Because then it's far better for me to be with Christ than to be here on earth. But then later on he says, but actually for your sake, my fellow brothers and sisters, it's best that I'm here. I remain here so that you can be encouraged, so the church can be uh, uplifted, so the church can be encouraged, so you, we can grow up and do what the things God has called us to do. This is Paul, the man who wrote quite a bit of the New Testament um, and went through um, heavy stuff. Uh, he says, it's better for me to die and be with Christ because uh, that's a far better place. But actually, for your sake, for the church's sake, for the world's sake, I'd best be here because it's for your benefit. And that's the kind of attitude I wanna, uh, I'm praying for my life. That actually, it's best that I go to heaven because then no more tears, no more pain, none of that stuff that we go through here. But actually, Lord, help me to have that attitude that you've called me on, onto this earth now. It's best that I do remain here and fulfill the things that you've called me to fulfill for the sake of my brothers and sisters. Um, this peace um, 
cannot be manufactured by us. We can go to psychology um, classes, we can go to doctors, we can, um, we can do all sorts of stuff to try and generate this peace in, in, our, in our lives. But it's, it's, you, can't, you can't do it. Uh, again, in Philippians, this is what Paul says. He says, we are to be anxious about nothing. Anxious about nothing. Not anxious about that. You can be anxious about those things there, but this one you mustn't. No, no, everything. You're not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That peace, we cannot understand it. That peace, we cannot, we cannot manufacture it. We cannot generate it. But we are told, uh, Paul encourages the church in Philippi, the church today, here we are, uh, that we are not to be anxious about anything. When anxiety comes and tries to mess you around and mess up your system, mess up your life, Paul says, no, no, we are not to be anxious about those things. But actually what you need to do um, is to pray and um, with thanksgiving, let those requests be known to God. So whatever is, is troubling, us, troubling us, let that thing be known to God. Let that thing be known to God. But don't, don't, try not to allow it to eat you up, but let it be known to God. But with thanksgiving, uh, allow Him to do the work that He says you will do. And that, and that peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all understanding, will guard our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And that's how we can sit through all sorts of turmoil in the, in the world, but we can sit peacefully because we know that the peace of God is working in and through our lives. Um, you see, the, 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 the peace that comes from the fruit of the Spirit is not world peace, but peace in the heart. This is a different kind of peace. Not the, the peace that the world tries to encourage us with. No, Democrats and Republicans and uh, politicians will try, will bring peace, will bring, will do stuff to bring peace upon the, uh, the people. But those people themselves who are saying these things don't have peace uh, within their parties. They're fighting. They, they've got no, they've got no um, peace at home. Uh, it's just, Chaos every yet they come in to tell us or give us or help us maintain or get peace. How can they do that if they themselves don't experience peace? How can we do that? How can we preach peace if we ourselves don't experience peace? But this peace, like I said, is a different peace. We, we cannot manufacture it. We cannot come up with it. It is only by the grace of God through his Holy Spirit. And this peace is also not the same peace that you get when you get, get saved. When you get saved, there's a peace that comes upon you. Why? Because you are secure now. Now you know where you're going. But there's a working out that comes thereafter. Um, uh, this, this peace comes from the fruit of the Spirit. How is the fruit? It's generated the right word. How is the fruit born? How's a, you've got to plant something. And then you water it, you water that plant, and then it grows, it blossoms, and then 
let's see a little shoot is a little shoot a little pip of of something and then it as you grow it just starts developing and, and then you see the fruit it's not instant like today today we want instant world peace in our homes mcdonald's now no no the fruit of the spirit is something you gotta work with. so you are planted salvation is upon you in your life and then as you work out so you start seeing the fruits the word of god says that you will know them by their fruits you will know them by their fruits so it has you can be amongst people and they look as though we are all growing together with the weeds and the grass and the good stuff we're all growing together in this world but eventually, the word says, you will know the righteous. You will know the ones who are called by um, the fruits. It's not instant. So I can look at Henrik and say, oh, no, he's a, he's a fellow Christian brother. He's, he's, he's smiling so nicely. He must be a Christian brother. But I'll only know his fruits as we get to grow, as we get to engage each other, as we grow, as the water is... is um, Dished out onto the plant so the tree grows and you will see. And sadly, we, we end up um, in, in history. You've seen people growing up together in the Christian context. And then later you realize, oh, that person was not so good. The fruit that he or she produced was not one that glorified God or gave him glory uh, or praise. But God says, no, we will grow up together. Um, there's another passage of scripture where um, the guy goes and plants hoyers all weeds into a nice field. And then the worker goes to the master and says, Master, there are weeds everywhere. What must I do? And the master says, don't, go, don't kill the weeds. Let them all grow up together. Let the, let the weeds and the plants grow together. And as once those things uh, have fully grown, then you'll chop out the weeds. Because if you try to chop them out when they're still little, you'll chop the weeds and the good uh, plants. Um, and so it is with life. You, we are in this world, but not of this world. We will be amongst, inverted commas, Christians, but the fruits don't really demonstrate uh, Christianity. Um, and so our job is to remain um, grafted in, in, in God's word. As I said, there's peace we cannot understand. So the question this morning is, what is bothering you? What is, is, it, what is eating you up? What is eating us up? 2022, it's a... You know, we talk about we're going to encourage each other. We're going to go. We're going to do this. We're going to... Oh, but maybe there's something holding you back. What's eating you up? What, what, is, what is that thing? Is it your boss? Is it your work environment? Is it your colleagues? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? <laughs> what is eating you Your children. What is eating you up? Um, and in all of those things, have you considered that it could actually very well be the devil? who comes and plants all sorts of things and he will use whatever he can to uh, eat you up, to mess you up. And if we yield to those uh, suggestions from Satan, he gets the upper hand. See, the Satan's part of his plan now is to get us off balance. As God's children, he will try and get us off balance. Remember, the, the end is written. He has already lost the battle. 
The victory belongs to God. And we are God's kids. So it means the victory belongs to us. We celebrate the victory together. But um, on this earth, the enemy will come and lie. Come and plant things. Or try and use um, husband, wives, children, colleagues, whatever. He'll come and try and get us off balance. And, uh, but if you know Christ and you're rooted in his word, and you're yielding to the Holy Spirit, you'll quickly recognize that and say, no, it is not of God. The enemy is busy here, and you can pray accordingly. I mean, the question then is, why should you carry a sense of dissatisfaction with you? Why? Why do we, why do we, um, why are we forever discouraged or depressed or down? Why do we allow life to eat, uh, put us down, to, to bog us down? Why? That shouldn't be the case. You know, God says in John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Is the enemy doing that in your life? He will try every means possible to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. But Jesus says, I've come uh, to give life and life in abundance. Do we live like it? Uh, as Christians, I think we live more on the steal, kill, and destroy part than actually living in the um, abundance of God. We need to recognize that, that, that the enemy is coming to steal this thing. Because uh, remember, but that's all he can do. He can suggest, he can hoi, he can, he can try all sorts of things, but the enemy has been defeated. If we look to the end, he has been defeated. And so our responsibility is to look back to God and say, God, I know he's been defeated, but this I'm battling with, help me. Help me to live this life as I should. And um, see, there's nothing big enough or important enough for you to lose your sense of internal peace. Nothing is, is big enough or important enough to allow you, as a son and child and daughter of the Most High, uh, to live in a place where you don't have peace. You and I have a fruit of the Spirit to us called peace. And um, the only way we can get this fruit to be alive in our lives is by yielding to the Holy Spirit. That is the key and the answer to how. How do we get this peace? How do we get the love? How do we get the joy? How do we get the fruits of the Spirit? It's actually by yielding to the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it any other way. We cannot do it any other way. We can try, and I know I've tried, and I'm sure you've tried as well, but you always come short of it. But actually, you've got to get back to basics and say, Father, you saved me. You call me into salvation. You are carrying me on. You're sustaining my salvation call, and you will bring it to an end. So guess what? When we are lopsided, we come up again, and we go back to He is sustaining us. How is He sustaining us? That we've got to surrender like we sang this morning. We've got to surrender to him. And that means work. That means, will you surrender your work if you need to? Will you surrender your, the things that, that hold you? The things that are, uh, uh, um, are holding you, man. They, they, they are crippling you. They're not allowing you to be all that you're meant to be in, in God. Um, and will you allow those things to continue? 
I mean, every year, as I said, lots of resolutions, New Year's resolutions. But the question I have as, as, um, for us as a, as, as a family is, you know where you've come from? You know where you were in December 2019? Were you the same in December 2020? Did things change? Where you've uh, finished off 2021, are you going to be the same again in 2022? I mean, there has to be changes. There has to be something. Because we are, every day the Word of God says that we are maturing. We are being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Is it true of your life? And we do have to do a self-audit. We have to look at ourselves and say, um, yes, maybe I am or no, I'm not. And if I look at my life, it's hard. It's hard to live this Christian life according to the word of God. It's hard. But if I do it in my own strength, it's hard. If I yield to the Holy Spirit and do it in, in His strength, when I surrender my pride and whatever to it in His strength, it makes it easy. And God is good to us. So I, I think um, this piece that He speaks about cannot be generated by our own doing, our own action. We can't manufacture it. It can only come from him. And how do we get it? It's by being filled again by him. It's by yielding to him. He's, you know, the, uh, in uh, Romans it speaks, um, the sons and daughters of God are those who are led by his spirit. So the sons of God are those who are led by, by his spirit, Romans 8. So we need to be led by his spirit. Continually, so the, the the actual key to all of Christian living is to yield to the Holy Spirit. When you yield to Him, He will teach us. He will tell us, "You need to be obedient. You need to do this. No, don't do that. You need to give there. No, don't give there. You need to encourage there. No, don't encourage there. You need to to you need you need Jesus uh, function as He was led by the Spirit." Many times you'd walk up the, um, I think it was a gate, beautiful, whatever. But there were people who were um, crippled and ill and all. He didn't do anything to those people there and there. Why? Because he wasn't led. It wasn't the time. He wasn't led to, do, to raise or do the uh, work with those people at, at this point. And so, so how much more for us as his children? That is... Um, my story for today. <laughs> but it's a God story. And I'd like to pray for us. I've, I've, uh, I've got a generic uh, prayer, if you're happy for me to pray this. Um, it's from a, uh, a, 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 one of my favorite Bible teachers um, called Derek Prince. And um, he, he had a generic prayer that he prayed about the Holy Spirit. But the key essence, if there's anything that you've learned if, um, at all today is I want us to get to a place where we yield our lives to Christ, where it's easy to yield our lives to Him. So if, you can, if you're comfortable, lift your hands up and repeat after me in your own heart if you want. It's a prayer um, for God to help us so we can have that joy that is, uh, He speaks about as, as a fruit, that uh, love and this peace that He's talking about. So, Father, Lord Jesus, I am thirsty for the fullness of your Holy Spirit. I 
present my body to you as a temple and my members as instruments of righteousness, especially my tongue, the member that your word says I cannot tame. Fill me, I pray, and let your Holy Spirit flow through my lips in rivers of praise and worship. Amen.